0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Dr Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week we are going back 30 years to a film that is considered by some a childhood classic and other a strange failure. We are watching the 1991 children's film directed by Steven Spielberg, Hook. Hook. Wow. Wow. And joining me, as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it is the right honourable David Cox. All rise. (laughs) (laughs) David, um, I I use this rather grand introduction because you have had a change of career.
1: Yes, I am now officially working at Parliament House. Not as a politician, as a parliamentary educator. So, uh, Mm. come the next election, I get to keep my job.
0: (laughs) Well, that's fantastic. Um, So... Uh, am I am I allowed to call you the Right Honourable, or are you still just plain old David Cox? I'm still just plain old Job uh, David.
2: Job.
1: <laughs> I, I'm still Job David. <laughs> Me, David Job. Um, yes. Get the I, job done. <laughs> I, I, I I thankfully have not been given a ministerial portfolio, mm. which means instead of working uh, ten to sixteen hours a day as some politicians do, despite what it appears. Uh, I get to knock off at 3pm, nice. <laughs> which is the perfect job. And now I am full of so much trivia about West Australia's parliament. Well, if any of it becomes relevant
0: to the film, feel free to slip it in. <laughs> I will <laughs> interpret this entire film for the lens of the Westminster parliamentary system. <laughs> Excellent. So, Hook, um, you've not seen this film. No. What do you know about it? Uh, it's about Peter Pan, isn't it? Uh, yep. And I know they tried to trick us with that name. Uh, book, but it is yes.
1: about Peter Pan. Uh, Peter Pan. Um, it's 30 years old, as you said. Imagine being alive 30 years ago. Oh, my goodness. How dare you. <laughs> Shut
3: up. Get out. <laughs>
1: Sorry, just the, the baby of the house here. Um, oh, it's the Scott? baby of the upper house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robin Williams in it. It does. That
0: is where my knowledge is ends. excellent. Okay. Well, how how are you with Peter Pan just in general? Like is it a is Peter, it a favorite of yours from your childhood? No. No, okay. No, I wouldn't say that. Um I uh, it's there like you can
1: pretty much draw a line mm-hmm. of 50% of Disney movies that I that I watched as a child mm-hmm. maybe a few times and then just did not see from the teenage years onwards. Mm-hmm. And I'm st- like just just the other day I watched Snow White. For the first time since maybe when I was ten, mm. and I remember like Dopey putting the the diamonds in his eyes, mm-hmm. and how terrifying the evil witch is. Mm. And she's like, ah, ha, ha. Um, and so Peter Pan was one of those ones, uh, the Disney one that I that I watched again, probably ten years old or younger. Mm. Did not see until like very recently and i was like whoa that's racist mm. um and then and then i read the book and i was like whoa this this is unhealthy that mm. uh, peter pan is is not good he's mm. not a he's well i was about to say he's not a mature individual but that's mm. somewhat you know the, well, c- that's kind c- of the thing that's the central <laughs> theme yeah um so he's He doesn't have particularly positive qualities as an individual. He's forgetful and mean and selfish. Hmm. Um,
0: Let's see how likeable they make him in this. (laughs) Okay, well... How much do they divert from the... the, It is interesting because this is a sort of a sequel to the general Peter Pan story um, without revealing too much. It, it, It is kind of like an unofficial sequel to Elements of of that original Peter Pan story. So we'll, we'll see how you go with it. Luckily, we have someone who has seen the film and back on the program for the first time in over a year.
3: Hello. It's
0: Rihanna Hall. Hello. Yes, uh, everyone drop your bottles. That's... <laughs> Sorry. Get
3: out of my way. The customary...
0: <laughs> blong of the bottle on the floor as Rihanna re-enters our lives. Rihanna, it's been a year. Wow. How have you been?
3: Pretty good. Yeah.
0: Anything interesting happened in your life in the last oh, 14 months? Well.
3: A few things, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got engaged. What? Whoa! So that, that's quite fun.
0: Well, congratulations! <laughs> congratulations! Thank you. I hope it was to someone who's been on this podcast.
3: I've never actually met him before, so we'll see. Oh, no, okay. I'm I'm, jo- I'm joking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, now uh, yes, yourself and uh, the, the the lovely uh, Scott Macardall. That's got the engaged, one. So that's very exciting. Yeah. Yes, and Hook. Hook. Now you um, chirped up in our little online communications when when I put up the list of films for the rest of the year. And basically said, mm "Boy, love me some Hooky," or words to that effect.
3: <laughs> Those are my exact words. Yes. <laughs> so, so
0: in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, uh, what what can someone like David, who hasn't seen this film, expect from Hook?
3: Oh, um, I guess yeah. It is it is kind of a sequel-y uh, vibe to it. Um, I think it it does delve into uh, n- like Neverland quite a lot more than than peter pan did Mm. i guess um i don't know i think it's hard i think the reason i love it so much is because i watched it so much as like a kid and then again as a teen and then probably again in my 20s so it always it's like one of those films that has such great nostalgia for me um but i mean you mentioned robin williams but don't stop there, we've got Dustin Hoffman, <laughs> we've got Maggie Smith, we've got Julia Roberts. Mm. Like I was thinking about it the other day and just kept remembering how many uh, like stars are the, actually in this movie.
0: The cast is incredible. Yeah. And in particular, there are about four that I can recall right now, like yeah. uncredited people. Who are really well known that are yeah. in this film, yeah. um, and some very obviously in it, and some very disguised. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's it is a fascinating film, um, and it's one of those films that I think is really interesting, and I would love to get more of your perspective on this when we have watched the film mm. as well. But it isn't perceived as being a film that did well critically. Like Spielberg himself mm. looked back on this film as as being one that, whilst it didn't fail, mm. it wasn't anywhere, it's nowhere near his top ten in terms of, like, he he wasn't very satisfied with it when it finished. And when it came out it did get critically panned at the time. (laughs) But that's so bizarre because I have I suppose a similar experience to you of watching it and growing up and being you know, a a kid and going, this film's great. And sort of being surrounded by I guess people who are like-minded because they were the same age. Um, But, yeah, about about why this film potentially was a bit of a a stinker.
3: Yeah. And I think yeah when i was watching it in my probably in my 20s i kind of was like uh thinking of it as a film that yeah that not many people knew and maybe that's that's why because it it got such a stinking mm. reviews when it first came out
0: uh, a panning quite appropriately just <laughs> um
3: but yeah i mean i guess i mean you mentioned it's 30 years old and as am i so mm. i didn't realize it came out the year that i came out yes yes well uh,
0: <laughs> uh happy birthday to you <laughs> Happy birthday to this film. Uh, with all that being said, shall we watch Hook? Let's do it. Sure.
1: I mean, from what you've said, it's no warhorse, But, you know. We'll let you I'll... be the judge of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm down for some of the, the, the
0: more obscure Spielberg classics. Okay. Well, for those of you listening at home, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare to shout, Bangarang! Bangarang! As we watch Hook. Hook 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 hook, 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 hook,
1: hook. I'm also participating. <laughs> hook. I get, I get, yep. Rufi! Oh! You will get the context.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. Run home, Jack! Run home, Jack! <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep. Home run, <laughs>
0: There's a lot of chanting in this <laughs> There's so much chanting. Get ready. welcome back everybody we have just finished watching hook hook and by hook <laughs> yes he's got it <laughs> and uh by uh we i of course mean my special guests rihanna hall hello and david cox hello david that was your first time watching hook what did you think that was fun mm. that was actually Ooh. really fun yeah it's it is fun yeah yeah Fun, that's it. That's it, that's good. It's <laughs> all mm. good.
1: Um, completely different from the book. Mm. Peter Pan becomes a nice person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what were your thoughts on, on taking it this direction of having like an adult Peter Pan who'd forgotten what it was like to be Peter Pan?
3: Well, he grew up.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's a very interesting twist on, on the, um, the concept of Peter Pan. But also like, you know, uh, a lot of people watching it, I mean, it's... You know, the book and the movie has been out for a while. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people who read it <laughs> would have grown up by the time this movie was out. Mm. Um, and possibly had their own children and read the book to their children. Um, and it's just a nice little, you're like, it's okay. Parenthood can be its own adventure.
0: Mm. <laughs> I suppose <laughs> I, I've never really considered You've readjusted it. your expectations. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've not really considered that from like a like a contemporary point of view because brianna you mm. said before you watched this a lot when you were growing up yeah how was it revisiting
3: oh the same as always so yeah. good um just filled with nostalgia and those like little moments that yeah you remember uh from when you saw it as a child like the food fight mm. it's probably my absolute favorite scene mm. um when he does when it's like, you're doing it, Peter. Mm. <laughs> oh, and the, it's all just so colorful. And I think I remember thinking as a kid, that all looks so delicious.
0: Yeah, nowadays?
3: I still kind of do. Like, I want to eat those paint pies. <laughs>
0: mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a really, oh God, it, it's, it is it's a bizarre film. It, it is, mm. and it's mostly very good. Mm. Like, I, I had a good time re, re-watching it. But coming into it, having done a little bit of the research and knowing that at the time it wasn't that well received, mm. I can sort of see why. I think I think some of the criticism is very harsh. I think the fact that it's it's got something ridiculous like I think a 29% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh no! Yes, that now is it, correct. Yeah, it, now it's not that bad, by my <laughs> reckoning. I certainly, yeah. I, I, to be honest, I'd almost not to spoil the score, but maybe flip it the other way, where yeah. I feel as though only 29% of this film is not Wonderful. Yeah, I think, I think it's charming, though. I may, i don't know. Maybe early '90s people weren't into charming whimsy, or maybe. or they just weren't in the mood for it when this film came out. But it's, yeah, it's it's just very enjoyable.
3: I feel like yeah, it's mm. it's it's got the classic, um, the like, you know, protagonist starts off and he's a bit of, you know, he's got issues, rah rah, and then he goes on a journey. And then, like, he gets the thing that he wants in the end. It's like it follows that like, classic storyline. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that it does have such bad reviews because mm. I don't think it's outstandingly bad.
0: No. Mm. I, from, from my watching this time, and I don't know if you felt this, David, as a first time viewer, I did feel as though it was a bit long. Like, it, it felt mm. like it was running slightly longer than maybe the idea warranted. I don't know. I don't think I felt that.
1: Mm. No. Um I think maybe the contemporary criticism was people not quite feeling if it was meant to be a children's movie or for adults <laughs> and maybe didn't mm. straddle that line of family movie <coughs> well. Mm. I mean, I think it did. Um but you know, yeah. I think I think the really you've you've created something uh, uh, this film is perfect for this podcast mm. in the sense that like you saw it as a child. Yeah. Sorry, I can't do hand gestures on an audio medium. <laughs> <laughs> we saw it as a child, as he to and I see it now as someone approaching thirty, um, and you know, fatherhood is is, I mean, not too far away, but not like it's not exactly around the corner.
0: I was going to say, do you have some bombshell news? <laughs> because I would, I will stop this recording and I will hug you. Sir.
1: It's not within the next nine months, okay. but it's also you know. It's not like, you know, in your earlier 20s, when you're like, ah, that's a future thing that I will never consider. Like, yeah. I, I'm married and, and, you know, the house is next. And, you know, we all know how linear time works. Yeah. Um,
0: you buy the so, house and then the stork turns up Go, yes, well done.
1: Yeah, yeah, I have to create a nest mm.
0: to entice the bird. To, to come to my <laughs> chimney yeah. um, Otherwise that baby gets left in the rain no, Like Peter did That baby
3: um, ran away Stephen I think you'll find
1: mm, oh, true. <laughs> So there's there's, there's, <laughs> there's there's two entirely different Perspectives on the film mm. In that like you know you've got the, the, the Joy of Peter Pan The mm. fun, the silliness, the imagination But it's not called Peter Pan, it's Hook. And Hook is our, our person who's stuck in Neverland because he is already old and cannot face the idea of further aging. Mm-hmm. And then we have Peter Banning, who has done the aging part. Uh, not as much as Hook, who's lost most of his hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is, it's, it's no longer a story about childhood. Mm-hmm. It's a story about coming to terms with adulthood. Um, which I think some people mm-hmm. may not have really appreciated what, on the surface level, is also somewhat a children's movie. I suppose, Because I don't yeah. think eight-year-olds really like, oh, good, Dad does love me, you know? <laughs>
3: like- <laughs> I suppose that's quite a good point, because I think a lot of people who uh watching it at the time of its release who were big fans of Peter Pan like that whole the whole story behind it is you know never grow up mm. like you don't have to so just don't do it being an adult sucks and then here comes this movie being like oh you know it's like it's another Peter Pan movie and it's like growing up is okay and everyone's like no mm. <laughs> we don't want to grow up no <laughs>
0: that's not what it's about <laughs> but then yeah. arguably a little bit of a, a healthier approach oh um, so much more yes. healthy yeah because <laughs> unfortunately or fortunately I suppose um, we can't just run off to Neverland and, <laughs> yes. and stay there exactly as we are, locked eternally yeah. as, as a child.
1: I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I appreciate that it doesn't have that sanitized romanticization of, like, the Disney idea of Peter mm. Pan. Because in the book, I don't think he's intended to be a good thing. Mm. Um, it's more of, like, this is somewhat, like, I mean, there is a, a double-edged sort of the joy of childhood, but also the immaturity and selfishness that comes with lack of emotional maturity because on the way the journey to Neverland is not like an hour it is over a day mm. and they nearly fall asleep and die falling <laughs> out of the sky Peter Pan uh, will boss the the Lost Boys around and he'll be like it's time to eat imaginary food we are all playing the game and they're like uh huh yeah Peter mmm like they're starving. Like and he's stuck in this delusion. Um, and then Disney was like, Let's pretend it's not toxic. Uh, <laughs> <and Yeah>. so,
0: <laughs> but then they went, Oh, but can we keep the stuff that's a bit racist? Yeah uh, go on then. Oh go on. Yeah. Go on then. Yeah, I think. Oh, it, you, it, it, I bet a, a critic was like, Where
1: are the Indians? He yeah. like, hmm. it's it's nineteen ninety, so we don't we don't do that anymore. And
0: they're like, ah, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it is um, interesting comparing this to the the fifties Disney animation mm. as well because it's it, it is wildly different in in tone. Um, partly because it is set up as this sequel, but really the only things they've sort of retained, which again aren't things which are exclusive to that fifty three Disney film, are the general look of the Peter Pan costume when mm. um, when when Robin is wearing it, um, and some slight design elements. Which again were not necessarily Disney specific, like mm. Tinkerbell when she's flying around, and, and uh, Hook's uh, look in, in general is, yeah, there's elements from that, that, that film, but they've not quite bled across as much as they could have, which I think might be good mm. in, in this respect, because it is trying to tell a story that is very different yeah. from a lot of other Peter Pan stories. Uh, Robin Williams. As uh, Peter Pan, not the titular character of the film, but he is our protagonist. He is who we follow uh, throughout this film. Um, he's he's great. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> he's just yeah. I, I I I don't think it's like my my favorite role of his, but hmm. I I cannot think of who you get to play grown up Peter Pan, who then has to like regress back into being yeah. a child. I don't know who you could have cast at the time that would have been like more ideal than Robin Williams. Yeah. yeah
3: yeah and i well i think that's it it's the big star um that would have pulled a lot of audiences in as Mm. well having like robin williams in it but but yeah i think having someone who can play like a grumpy old man and also Mm. like a a child at the same time
0: Mm. and his his, when he's peter banning at the start of the film and when he's like quite frankly abusing his family Mm. it's terrifying because yeah. it's so it feels quite real not not that i've had much experience of like abusive father figures because my dad was lovely but um <laughs> but but like you get this sense of this person who from his perspective is like no I, i'm focusing on this and I'm focusing on my job and this family keeps getting in the way <laughs> um but at the same time you see the way that he reacts is completely inappropriate mm-hmm. and he's just completely cut off from from his family mm-hmm. it's almost like they exist to, to spite him almost, yeah. and um, yeah, having him transition from that to full blown Peter uh, Pan with um, you know flying around and, <laughs> and all that business, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. it it's he, he does a really I think he does a pretty good job of like keeping it all. It felt consistent. Yeah. Um, even though it's such a big change, um, I also think partly the script used the time that it had pretty well. In establishing those mm. steps of, he didn't immediately flip from Peter Banning to Peter Pan. There was yeah. this sort of steady progression. But as soon as it starts to take hold, then it like rockets up quickly. Where yeah. it's like, yeah, we don't need all this montage business. Just, just, boom! He's Peter Pan. <laughs> he's got it again. Yeah, um, but the the film is called Hook. 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 Yes, uh, Hook. Captain James Hook, as played by Dustin Hoffman. Uh. David, just, just what were your thoughts on this, on this version of Hook as our first-time viewer?
1: Very good. I love the somewhat melodrama. Don't stop me, Smee. <laughs> don't stop... Don't stop... Stop, stop me, me Smee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Ah, uh, he was funny. He was fun. Mm. I would not have uh, realised it was Dustin Hoffman until you pointed it out. Um, <laughs> That's one of the
3: weird things. I doubt it. Doubted after I had mm. said it uh, in the... In before... And then when we sat down to watch it, and I was looking at him, and I was like, "Is it Dustin Hoffman? Have mm. I really shot myself in the foot here?" Because it mm. he, he just, yeah, it's, it's just not him.
0: It's a remarkable transformation. <laughs> yeah. and I know, like you know, acting. The point is that you're not yourself. <laughs> but he's so not himself. Yeah. Like, like with 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 Bob Hoskins, there's like some inherent Bob Hoskinisms, yeah. which is why you get him in. Um, again, with Robin Williams, yeah. like there's things that you can pick up on, but. but yeah, Justin Hoffman's just not there. It's just it's just <laughs> hook. And it's remarkable. And he's so deliciously yeah. nasty. Like and, like in a children's sense. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I think he's got a really good hand han, he's got a really good handle of how children perceive adults being cruel.
3: Yeah. What is a villain in mm. the in a in children's eyes, and yeah, it is that like very melodramatic and um, very deep voice, like mm. posh voice as well. But then, yeah, I think there's there's still lots of comedy there uh, for the adults watching it as well, yeah. so that we can kind of be like, oh, yeah, this guy is he's he is pretty menacing, but he's pretty funny. Mm.
0: And I just love the... I mean, I love the design in general of this film, but I love the design of his hair and makeup. Mm. Like, it's so over the top it's with like the,
3: even how his eyebrows have hooks yeah and then the little
0: moustache and the way the little moustache like ticks against his <laughs> yes. face when he hears a clock it's it's just fabulous and it, like uh, for any other issues that this film may have the hook is 100% just, just perfect yeah. like, I cannot think of a thing to suggest to change about either the performance or the look or the writing they really nailed Hook yeah um and I, largely, I think that's where the film shines in its its scenes with the pirates. Mm. Um, and obviously, we've got Shmi and um, just Bob Hoskins, again, being Bob Hoskins, yeah. but he's delightful, you know, running around going, I've an apostrophe. Like, <laughs> <almost>. <laughs> just those wonderful, silly things. Um, but something that I hadn't remembered that, that much from my last viewing, which would have been years ago, um, was just how... Joyous and like part of this world the pirates were considering they were the villains
3: <laughs> yeah it's a it's like the um, all the pirates <laughs> they just have one collective emotion at mm. all times like they all feel the exact same thing at the same time yeah so they're all just kind of there being like hype men for Captain Hook, but then being quite sad for the children when when um when Peter can't reach them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's just, it's so wholesome. They're, they're
0: almost like the, the the opposite of Tinkerbell. Yeah. Because she's so small as a fairy, she can only have one emotion at a time. It's like they're so big, they can only manage one collective emotion. And they yes. all have to be on board.
3: And they're all stuntmen that are just doing flips the whole time. Yeah. Stuntmen
0: <laughs> and one, Glenn Close.
3: Yes. Uh,
0: with her, um, who gets puts in the box. Oh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the boo box. The boo box. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a hard film to analyse in some respects because there's just so much stuff that happens mm. that you almost... I, I struggle a little bit with, with grappling onto Neverland as a location mm-hmm. compared to other sort of fantasy depictions on film and specifically this Neverland, despite the the several shots we get of like the map like looking Mm. island that they're on i I do find that i I struggle sometimes to place where things are and i i almost think that's the point though of neverland that it is slightly almost alice in wonderland like it is Mm -hmm. slightly nonsensical um but yeah sometimes i found like the the world itself and what, what the consequences are to an extent made it a little difficult to follow sometimes. But that might just be me. I don't know if you felt the same, David.
1: I didn't really think about it. Mm. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> this This is Neverland. They fly around sometimes. Mm. Sometimes people die. They don't really think about that. <laughs> mm. They really don't. They just move on, don't yeah. they? <laughs> they? They really do move on. They're like... Yeah. Well, (laughs) this is what we do now. Uh, We got abandoned by our parents and now we murder fully grown men and they murder us back. Uh, But also, sometimes we throw eggs. Uh, What more does a child want?
0: Mm. Well, I mean, this film really, I think, only has like one actual death in terms of that's treated like a death and and it's Rufio. And... I think this is the thing for a first-time viewer, which I'm really interested in, is... David, how did you feel about the death of Rufio? Oh, it doesn't...
1: I mean, look, I'm not actually the kind of person that gets sad about character deaths, just in general, as a, as a, a concept, even when I am fully emotionally invested in the character. Mm. I really thought that he was going to be, like, the new Peter Pan, like, the big, the big boy in town... Mm. And he's no longer the big boy. No. He's a dead. He's the dead boy. <laughs> he's, he's the, the dead, dead boy. boy. Yeah. Which, you know, I suppose, um, I guess is meant to be shocking because it subverts mm. the audience expectation. Um, it's just occurred to me that Hawke actually
0: dies as well. Yes. But, but in a weird magical sense where he just yeah. disappears. And the yes. crocodile burps, which makes us think, oh, the dead crocodile that was the clock tower ate him? Yep. Yes. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah but yeah I, I i always am quite shocked when mm. rufio gets killed in this film because it, it's a two hour ish film and it's like all fun and thrown imaginary food and yeah and the pirates go and Close has a beard and uh, there's why is phil collins in this film as a police <laughs> inspector and do do do, do, do. captain hook stabs rufio in the chest and everyone's real sad for like a hard minute yeah and then we go back and goofing oh, around we
3: just go back
1: well if you didn't kill rufio That bit where he's like, you kidnapped my children, you deserve to die. And it's like, sir, this is a disproportionate response. Mm. You know, he killed a child. Mm. Mm, That's grounds for capital punishment. If you are the kind of person who believes in capital punishment. So I see how it's narratively necessary. Not just subverting the expectation. Of course, he's going to have this lovely moment where he's (laughs) like, you're going to be the new me. And they all tell stories of you. And he can be like, yay, I'm no longer jealous. Because mm. you left. And- <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, it, it is more interesting, Kelly and yeah, Rufio. No. And like, although I do love Rufio, like his last act is to make Jack feel really bad about not wanting to be <laughs> Peter's son. <laughs> I only wish I had a dad like you. <laughs> I just wanted him to like look at Jack and flip him off as he like slowly yeah. to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but it is shocking, really. It, it is, yeah. it still has that impact of, no, not Rufio, we had a cool haircut. Yeah, and
3: I think that's it though. I think because it, it, it does happen so quick and then they move on so quick is why you forget about it every time until we're at, we're at the fighting bit mm. and you see Rufio fighting and then you remember all of a sudden that in moments oh. he's going to die. It doesn't
0: matter how cool <laughs> it was when he put that armour on, yeah. it didn't do anything no. to save his life. <laughs> um, the... Speaking of the armor, um, mm. and just in general, the design of this film—so um, good. There were so many little and big elements that jumped out. And, and David, I know that you were particularly enamored with with how the Lost Boys got ready for war.
1: It was great. They're uh, the, just the, like this is the somewhat semi-transparent wall of like cloth and, and- armor, and he just walks into it. <laughs> <laughs> just. Uh, man just busting through a wall except
0: now he's uh, got armor plating
1: yeah and they do it more than once it was i loved it so much i was like can we watch that again mm-hmm. so we have to rewind and watch them just like Ugh. yeah oh. and that's how i want to get dressed just in the so morning efficient. it is yeah. extremely efficient
0: i would love if all my clothes were hung up like that and i could just <laughs> Tunk, and they could wrap around me oh, um, it saved me so much time getting ready for work um but but the the set design as well Um,
3: Oh, it's just, it's so huge mm. as well. Like every, as soon as we get to Neverland, that it's, well, I suppose our first introduction is the pirate's point of view Mm. um, because that's where he kind of ends up. Don't know why Tink didn't just take him straight to the Lost Boys, but Mm. here we are. (laughs) Uh, I'm guessing a little
0: wings got tired.
3: (laughs) Probably. Mm. Um, But yeah, and this like giant ship and all these like surrounded by all these like lagoons. And even then, when we go to the Lost Boys um, hideout, mm. um, it's the, it's the place where yeah, it's all four seasons in a day. That, mm. you know, he's sliding down this this ice snowy slope, uh, and then moments later, he's in this like sunburned basketball court mm. with like the ground is actually just cracking underneath. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's some incredible design. Mm.
1: Love the skeleton. Oh, I mean, like when you think about it. Aren't the mermaids also the enemies of the pirates? Just like basically every other inhabitant? Yeah, the pirates
0: so, the pirates are definitely like the the enemy du jour at the moment.
1: Yeah. And so like when the idea of, of, of having a mermaid, a sexy mermaid on the on the front of your ship, mm. that's that's more of an us cultural thing. But mm. when you live in a spot with actual mermaids and they can be like, hey, that's super weird that you're sexualizing us in the front of your ship. And mm. also we want to drown you. You're like, mm, yeah. maybe I don't put it on my ship. Maybe yeah. I put a giant, giant skeleton instead mm. uh, just to really
0: hit home.
1: Mm. I'm a bad person.
0: Mm. You know? Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I love the face on the back of the ship, like which you see in the little model first in with um, Toodles seeing it in the glass bottle because it's the yeah. it's hook ship that's oh, in the I don't bottle. Think I
3: noticed the face.
0: Yeah it's got like it's got like a strange carved sort of like facial structure Ooh. on the back. Um, it's just lovely. Like I want to be in the the Captain Hook's room.
3: Oh I yeah, I yeah. was hoping we were gonna come to this. Yep. What a great room. Yeah. First of all, he's got like a little little play pool in there. Mm. Uh but then his bed lowers on top of the play pool by yeah. spinning the wheel like the ship's wheel. Yeah. Oh, fantastic.
0: Might get confusing in times of maritime combat, but otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Hoist the sails.
1: Wait,
2: that's my
3: bed.
1: Yeah. I I, I think it's great. Not just like it's fun to look at, but also really like drives home the sort of the clinging to immaturity that Hook has Mm. as a resident of Neverland. Yeah. Um, Mm. Even though he hates it and it is somewhat like purgatory or limbo, Um, you Mm. know. Uh, where all the children, too young to be baptised, go. Like, <laughs> yeah. Neverland is not quite hell or heaven, and, <laughs> and he's they, stuck there. Uh, but some... he's
0: old, and no one can talk to him about the books that he likes. In the end, yes. Surprise, surprise. Peter saves his kids. Woohoo! But Hook still baits him into like the the sword fight with the "I'll come for you," and if not you, then your children's yeah. children's children. And they have a pretty decent little sword fight. Like, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of swing, swing, and ching, ching, and all those kind of things. Um,
3: I was also trying to, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead. Let no, no, it go might it. be on your, your our little facts that we do. Mm-hmm. But um, I was actually looking quite closely at that sword fight, and it for the majority of it, um, like I think Robin Williams was doing it, mm. but I don't think Dustin Hoffman was. Um, yeah. But I was impressed. Oh, yeah, Robin Williams was was there the whole time. Well, if not the whole time, it looks like he was. <laughs> yeah, there were, there were
0: certain shots where you never quite saw Hook's yeah. face, and you were like, "Okay, yeah. that's probably the stuntman." Yeah. Um. And yeah, and they had obviously those close-up shots of like Dustin Hoffman just waving a sword around <laughs> <Yes. or> someone <laughs> facing him. But yeah, no, I mean, the the physical stunt work in this film. Yeah. My God, there's a lot of flips, a lot of people <laughs> falling off things, a lot of ropes flying. Yeah, there would have been some very busy physiotherapists yes. around this production because there's definitely like a torn hammy or a couple of oh, bad knees coming out of this film um yeah and like Robin himself the, the stuff that it clearly looks like he is engaged yeah. with like like i know they're calling him like you know you're old and flabby you, your granddad and i'm like he's <laughs> trying he's doing pretty good for someone who was working in banking until yesterday like <laughs> yeah he's, he's, he was a lawyer, he's a lawyer. sorry lawyering I've just, I've just watched Saving Mr. Banks and now I'm jumping between like, my father figure was in the bank and my father figure was in this other stuffy building. Um, yeah. I always forget how weird it is that early 90s films have this thing against lawyers. I don't know what it was mm. going on with screenwriters at that time, but lawyers got a real sort of like, um, they became the big punchline in a lot of like American <laughs> entertainment where it's like, but he was a lawyer. Get him! Ah! Like all that kind of thing. Like, I'm not sure what was happening in American society in the 1980s. But they hated lawyers. <laughs> yeah, they, some screenwriters specifically were like, "Oh, get them back." <laughs> yeah,
1: there's some guild disagreements.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, Peter saves his kids. Hook gets eaten by a clock crocodile, crocodile. I guess if we're calling him that. Crocodile. Um, nice. Gets returned home. He has a very big, passionate kiss with his wife in the um, yeah in the kids' room, where it was like. I mean, I get that you're relieved, but, but
3: was it more or less passionate than the kiss with Julia Roberts?
0: <laughs> I would say more,
3: because <laughs> uh, okay. t- Tinkerbell I
0: thought was very much leading in that one.
3: She was. <laughs> um,
0: I I found the Tinkerbell kiss a bit weird this time. Yeah. Yeah, like like and
3: she well she was just moaning.
0: Yeah, she was. She's like,
3: hmm,
0: hmm, hmm. My, that's adultery. That's why you're in limbo. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean T- Tinkerbell as a character is is a kind of intriguing one. And I think this film does a really good job of capturing, like giving her a voice, but still having her retain that essence mm. of being quite, you know, I can only have one emotion at one time and I like to pull pranks on people and um, um, I got all this magic. And, you know, just being very like Puck from um, Midsummer's yeah. and things like that. But there is something that's also a little bit, it for me, it feels slightly something's not quite right and i think it's the romantic feelings for peter yes that kind of muddy the water for for, for me at least i'm like it just feels unnecessary
3: i think yeah um it, it's it, it's a good point of uh watching this with different levels of maturity i guess mm. i think you're watching it as kids and you're just like oh, I don't know, adults kiss a lot so whatever mm. And then like watching it as like a 20-year-old, I was probably like, oh, but you know, she has always loved him, rah, rah, rah. But now, I think, uh, in my 30s, um, I think you, get, you, you sort of get a, a hold of responsibility and, and things mm. a bit more, and you're like, hang on, he has a wife and kids. That mm. is inappropriate, and, sir. I mean, he, he
0: snaps to it pretty quickly as well.
3: <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah, yeah, she
0: gives him a kiss, and he goes, I'm married. <laughs> um, yeah, it's maybe it is, again as david said coming at it with different mm. levels of maturity and, and reading of it where yeah I, I feel as though because she is from neverland because she is so immature and can't grow mm. like this is the first time she's literally grown she busts <laughs> out of that clock and um, maybe that does explain why she's like i'm just gonna kiss you and then robin uh, so peter as played by robin williams is like "Ah, oh, i've remembered." I'm married, and I've got a beautiful mm. wife, and these great kids, and I love them dearly. And now I'm going to go save them. Um, it, it's just a, it's just a bit strange. But I feel like maybe that is more to do with the source material as mm. well than specifically with either Julia Roberts or the way that Tinkerbell was written and uh, created for this film.
3: Mm. I think yeah, mm. like Tinkerbell always did have. I think you mentioned it, David, when we were watching it that Tinkerbell always has had this like jealousy streak. And yeah, that's kind she... of her emotion. That's kind of her one emotion.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, I'm going to kill Wendy. Yeah, like, like Peter's oh, mine. Peter <laughs> is mine. I'm going to kill Wendy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, canonically, Tinkerbell would have been long dead. Fairies don't live very oh, long. No. Oh, no. Not even no. in Neverland? Yeah, that's right. They die. Okay. Um, anyway, that's sorry to... <laughs> yeah, this, uh, um, no, I mean, I, I, I an important part of that scene, I think... Um, I don't think the kissing is the narrative weakness. Um, but a part of that scene is, like, Peter forgets about the outside world, mm. Mm. which, like, is a thing that happens in Neverland. You, you start to forget about other things. And you're like, oh, this is where I live now. Um, but, like, I mean, that was that's very necessary to, like, introduce why, later on, Jack is like, who is this guy with a yeah. sword? <laughs> um, but... I feel like they could have introduced that concept of memory loss and getting taken in by the otherworldliness of, of, of limbo, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> a little bit more gradually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is, is just, a
0: one of the, the, the flaws of the film. It does just get thrown at us. Yeah. It's kind of, it is a bit strange. <laughs> um, but I'm also not sure exactly how you would introduce that properly. Um, in, in this particular production and particularly because it's already over two hours long, mm. um, which, yeah, it's just somewhere in there. It just feels that tiny bit too long. It feels like it's got five minutes fat somewhere. <laughs> maybe in the setting up scenes, uh, maybe that speech at the orphanage went for a while. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, there's something in there that's like, oh, we could, we could lose five minutes here and still have a really effective mm. um, film and a really effective narrative. Um, I am curious before we move on to the trivia, Hmm. um peter has the happy thought of oh i remember my first child being born and that's what gets his happy memory back and we we see him remember it and then he flies what do you think would be your happy thought that if 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 tinkerbell threw some dust on you and was like quick think a happy thought so you can fly up out the chair what, what do you think it would be for you
1: uh getting married seeing my my wife to be walk down the um mm. the backyard path oh, um mm. because we didn't have a <laughs> wedding in a covid, in a, wedding. Yeah, COVID <laughs> wedding so we got married in the backyard and mm. she came around the side of the house and i was like oh it's a good answer nice. i'm going to i'm going to write that one down
0: <laughs> cuz <'cause> my <laughs> wife is also in the room <laughs> and i may i may say that one later <laughs> that's lovely though yeah yeah, yeah. i nearly,
1: i nearly cried with joy Um, And if anyone knows me, I don't cry. No, famously. Famously. No Tears David, as we call him. No Tears David. Yeah, I've cried, uh, well, multiple times, but Mm -hmm. like two times really as an adult. Well, two chunks, uh, because I'm going to count my (laughs) Nana dying as, as, as... like one a event, chunk because it wasn't just one event of, of
0: tears yeah it's you know.
3: not it that's... wasn't just one tear yes. it was yeah it single was single manly tear. <laughs> <laughs> r.i.p nan and off it goes yeah
0: yeah no that's that's fair yeah re for you oh because you don't have a COVID wedding that you can i don't one. i don't but that you are like. am uh, oh, lucky
1: yeah
3: <laughs> um i think uh <laughs> and i I love I love Scott very much, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but it's gonna be my dog. <laughs> oh yeah! So it's gonna be Finn. Yeah. I think he, he is he's a greyhound. Mm. Um, he's a rescued greyhound, um, so he's not had the best life before coming to live with me and Scott. Mm. Um, but just to see how uh, forgiving and how much love that he has mm. for humans and how much trust he still has. And just, yeah, him wagging his tail whenever he sees people coming into his home. Mm. And that just really makes me happy because I know he's... He, think, he knows he's safe now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Aw, good stuff. <laughs> and for folks at home, if you have happy thoughts, please send them in oh. and uh, let us know what would set you flying. Uh, would you guys like some trivia about... Hook. Hook. Oh, you didn't say your happy thing. Oh, uh, it was... <clears throat> was it, it was my wife. <laughs> seeing my wife walk down the aisle of our COVID wedding. <laughs> Nailed it! Absolutely nailed it. Um, yeah, look, I, I I don't want to copy David, but I am going to um, seeing his wife walk down. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I, I I would take basically any memory from from my own wedding day. Yeah. Word word. Emerging from the TARDIS. Yeah. yeah, look, that that was more cool. But yeah, that was, uh, I for those the- at
1: home, he emerged from a TARDIS <laughs> in the middle of a
0: stage. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that would do it. That would absolutely do it. <laughs> On reflection, yeah, that 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 just kicking off the the whole shebang would definitely do it. Uh, all of this trivia was sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. <laughs> we are introduced to Dustin Hoffman earlier in the film than his first appearance as Hook. Is he well... in the uh, old man standing up and giving like kisses to? Yeah, he, is Wendy? he one of the orphans? He, he isn't one of the orphans. He's featured in the plane flight he's the voice of the plane captain
3: oh wow so
0: when he says this is your captain speaking we're flying into london that's dustin hoffman that's pretty cool being a sneaky extra captain in this film Yeah. do you think he got paid extra i hope so (laughs) but probably not (laughs) um Robin Williams became best friends with director Steven Spielberg while making this movie. Um, now, I don't know what qualifies being best friends for this tribute. But <laughs> that, they made each other bracelets. That, okay, yeah. Best you know, I bracelets. could totally see Robin doing that yes. and Steven joining in. Um, reportedly, after Williams' death, Spielberg, who did, doesn't really like this film, he he feels like he kind of dropped the ball on this one, um, did go back and rewatch it because obviously Aww. it was the thing that he spent the most time with but couldn't finish it because... It, it was too much for him because it was quite Aww, soon after he um, yeah. passed away. Um, but yeah, it, it, it that's a sort of very sad tidbit to sort of get into the, um, the fact that Spielberg himself just isn't a fan of this film, generally.
3: Yeah, which like, oh, I always get so sad when I hear that, especially if I really love, like, I really love this film. I think it's great. Um, and it's, yeah. So it, that makes me sad to know that the director doesn't love it as much as I do. Like, that's kind of disappointing. <laughs> mm.
0: I, I do also think it's interesting that his next two films that came out after this were Jurassic Park and Schindler's List, which are considered, like, two of the best yeah. films of the 1990s and two of his own um, best films. But, um, yeah... It's it's just it is one of those things I absolutely agree where it's like well I had a good time yeah. Spielberg um, <laughs> what do you know <laughs> about your own films that you've worked so hard on <laughs> but yeah um, ho- hopefully he'll he'll have rewatched it or gets to rewatch yeah. it at some point and have a, a couple of happy memories Steve if you're listening
3: just <laughs> which we know you are <laughs> yeah Steve
0: if
1: you're listening just uh, just rewatch it. Mm. Just, just do it. Just yeah. do it. It's, just for us. It's pretty
3: good. Have a great
2: time. It's
1: amazing that you've got this far, Steve, and you yeah. haven't rewatched the film.
0: The Will kissing you? couple on the bridge who begin to float after some fairy dust lands on them um, were played by none other than George Lucas and Carrie Fisher. Uh, obviously, George Lucas and Spielberg have got a bit of a friendship, and uh, Carrie Fisher did some uncredited rewriting on the final draft of this screenplay. Oh, really? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, she did a lot of Tinkerbell's work. Uh, her lines. Yeah. She, she worked on there you go mm.
3: it's just such a random little I, I think it's pretty cool mm. it's it's just a classic like oh yeah these guys are around yeah. let's yeah. just put them in this scene and they're so far you're not going to see in the faces yeah
0: it could have been two mannequins it really yeah. didn't matter yeah. but the fact that it is Lucas and Fisher is pretty cool yeah uh, Bob Hoskins who played Shmi bought beer for 300 plus extras after a lengthy and complicated scene was cut <laughs> wow. good on you Bob he was just <laughs> so in character <laughs>
3: Was he just like, on me? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's why he was sweeping up those beer bottles at the end of the film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was just left over. Um, he was also um, used to alleviate stress on set uh, because he would sing various versions of Lionel Richie's hit Hello Song. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: with, he made the lyrics, uh, Hello, is it Smee you're looking for? <laughs> Which I feel like the first time would be okay. Yeah. I feel like five days in, I'd be like, shut up, bomb <laughs> Jesus. Mm. Uh, the line spoken by Rufio uh, Your Dead Jolly Man had to be spoken Backwards by the actor uh, Dante Basco as the scene was shot And then played in reverse so the sword blade Would come away from Rob Williams's face Instead ah. of towards it So they recorded him actually saying Na me lod I head ri you To make the right mouth shapes wow. going The other way
3: Very cool. Yeah. Hmm.
0: I don't know if when you reverse that, it sounds like uh, you're dead (laughs) Jolly Man.
3: Well, you have to try this on this uh, recording.
0: (laughs) Jolly Man. Dustin Hoffman's three children make appearances in this film. His youngest son, Max Hoffman, what a name, uh, (laughs) plays five-year-old Peter Pan. Uh, his daughter, Rebecca, plays Jane in the play at the beginning of the film. Very cool. And his oldest son, Jake Hoffman, was a little league player in the baseball game. So Dustin cool. Hoffman like, here's my children. He's
3: like, I've yeah. got three of them. You can just put all name. of
0: them. Give them all roles. <laughs> uh, Robin Williams' upper body and arms were shaved for this role, which um, yeah. we did discuss we did during discuss the film. That. <laughs> uh not not a very hairy Robin compared to how he normally is. <laughs> Peter and his family flew on the airline. Pan Am to London. Uh, pan Am went out of business on December the 4th, 1991, one week before this movie came out.
3: Oh, God.
0: <laughs> oh, no. How annoying. Oh. It's like, this airline. it's got Pan in the name. Yeah. We have to use it. We're going to do it. Yeah. Oh, how annoyed would you be? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, now, there were a couple of alternate castings uh, that were discussed. Oh, yeah. Including uh, one potential Alternate casting for Hook. Uh, this is somebody that we know was offered the role mm. and turned it down. David Bowie.
3: Oh. Mm.
0: Now I feel that gets a bit too labyrinthy. Maybe.
3: Yeah, would have just been too sexy.
0: I mean, yeah, <laughs> would have been dangerous. <laughs> but you can imagine him, Rufio. <laughs> <laughs> would have been. Would have been too much. I think. Yeah, I think so. And, I, and again. Dustin Hoffman nails it in this film, yeah. so so I'd, I'd really, I'd, I'd really rather. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they, they I, I think they did the right casting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another actor that could have been in this film was Joseph Mazzello. Now you may not know him by name, but you'll have definitely seen him if you've seen one hit '90s blockbuster. Uh, he was a young boy who was considered for the role of Jack, but they um, ended up not going with him because he was too young at the time. But Spielberg promised him a role in a future film. And he ended up being cast as Tim in 1993's Jurassic Park. He's the little oh, boy oh. that the T-Rex is running around after. So he yeah, was almost Jack in this. Yeah, I think it's better being Tim than being Jack. Yes, yeah, he, <laughs> got, he got the better role. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm sure Jack had a great time. Yeah. And I know that the actor who played Jack did grow up to become a lawyer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. um, but yes. Um, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think Tim. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, he's not Tim, but I think yeah. Joe did pretty well, holding <laughs> off there. Uh, a couple of alternate options for um, Mr. Schmee. If I almost feel like you can guess who you would get in the early '90s to play this sort of small, bumbling, wacky sidekick.
2: Oh, I don't know.
0: Like in a '90s American actor to play a wacky comedy.
3: I'm not very good with actors. So I'm just going to put that out there.
0: <laughs> I'm
1: thinking of two people. Go on. And I cannot remember their names. Okay. The first one mm-hmm. is, I think his last name is Knight. Um, the private investigator turned uh, dude in dress.
0: No, is it, is it the guy? Am I thinking of two different people? Are you thinking of Wayne Knight? Who was yes. In? Okay. He isn't one of them, but... Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. And the other one yep. is, uh, you know, our good buddy, one
0: half of the producers. Nathan Light. I think so. Okay, also not Nathan. <laughs> <Mann>. Damn. <laughs> uh, two actors that were considered for the role were Danny DeVito. Oh. Ah. See? That Jokes. would have been weird, <laughs> It though. would have been weird. Uh, <laughs> and maybe weirder, Joe Pesci. Oh, yeah. I'd watched Gone
1: Fishing just yesterday. Oh, yeah? I think he would have made a great schmear. <laughs> I think he'd have been
0: terrifying. Uh, and finally, originally slated for this movie, because the movie was in production for a long time, Um, somebody who thought that they were going to be in the film based off a conversation where they weren't offered a role was Michael Jackson oh Uh, apparently um, he and Spielberg discussed this film where Spielberg basically went yeah this is a film I'm thinking of making and apparently Michael heard it as this is a film I'm thinking of making with you as Peter Pan (laughs) because originally uh, very originally this was going to be a musical that was the original plan for it was like a a big film musical Um, Spielberg chose to put it away for a while because he was working on the Indiana Jones films. And then when he came back to it in the late 80s, uh, the production had changed and he decided to go away from the musical route. Mm-hmm. Now, there was never any sort of like evidence that he was ever seriously considering Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. But apparently Michael Jackson thought or believed that he should have been playing Peter Pan in in a film of some kind that was being done. Woof. Yeah.
3: I mean, I it would not have been... A good film I'm just going to
2: put it <laughs> out there <laughs> I
1: have never seen Michael Jackson act Yeah Also what stage of aesthetic Was Michael
0: Jackson in 90 a-, a very Very <laughs> genteel way of putting it um, <laughs> I don't think at any stage Of his uh, no. change in aesthetics Would he have been the right choice To play Peter Pan <laughs> um, But uh, yeah So that's a thing that's a thing. That's a thing. In an interview with Playboy in 2004, Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> sometimes people. It's a
3: children's movie. I, no, they,
0: you know, people do read it for the articles. The articles yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Dustin Hoffman apparently like, agrees to be in it for the articles. So yeah. he's right, not then. doing a boudoir shoot. <laughs> um, he recalled that his aha moment with Bob Hoskins about their characters was when they decided that they should play them as though they were a gay couple. Ah. They decided to play their characters as a couple of old queens in quotation marks because they felt that J.M. Um, Barry um, had created them that way.
3: I like them playing it as a married couple, though. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I thought, yeah, okay, that does yeah. translate. It yeah. does. It does translate. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the I forgot that this film had a scene where the main, the title character sort of attempts to commit suicide <laughs> which again is yeah. a surprising turn for a children's film just he's holding a loaded gun to his head going don't try and stop me don't try and stop me try and stop me it's funny it still comes across as funny but on paper i imagine that was yeah. a slightly tricky one to get across mm, yeah.
3: i mean the <laughs> 90s dabbled with all sorts of themes didn't they I mean, and threw it in there as comedy
1: <laughs> the mm. 90s had round the twist uh, ideas of what <laughs> Was acceptable for yes. children to consume was different. Um, children could get away with so many strange things that they watched. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, even further, if you go back further, like Oliver Twist is rated G, and like people get abused in that. Mm. Someone gets murdered, you know. Yeah, it's yes. the
0: fun, casual murder for children's TV <laughs> and yeah. movies, you know? It's just it's, I've not seen it in many kids' movies before or since. Uh <laughs> mm. just one of the my main characters just dabbling with the idea of suicide yeah. very openly. It was very funny though. <laughs> it you was know, good. Yeah, just Smee, help me, I'm committing suicide. <laughs> like it was <laughs> it was sort of that right level of ridiculous for a pantomime. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. Ultimately, I really enjoyed this film. Um I, I think it's I think it's a really still a pretty good fun solid film even 30 years on mm. I, I think there's still a lot to, to like about this film uh, and so that means we get to score the film <gasps> we are at the end of the program <laughs> <laughs> yes the final scoring doesn't, doesn't quite work uh, but yes it is time for Rihanna, David and I to give this film a score out of 10 David it was your first time watching Hook so you get to go first what would you give Hook out of 10? Oh, I really
1: like it's that I know that, like, at a scale of one to ten, there's there's all those like gradients, mm. but I'm still always on a torn mind between six and seven. Yeah, you
0: know, oh, like go six and a half. Six and a half is because well, that's
1: absurd. Why don't you just do one hundred twenty? No one does. <laughs> <that's all good. laughs> <laughs> Why well, don't I give it 6.25? Like, why don't we just go like... Because you
3: said you're told between well, 6 th- and 7. I th- I Where's
1: think, the exact middle? I think middle? it should sit between
0: 63 and 75% on and Tomatoes. Okay, so I would scale that to a 6.9. Okay. Would you would you give this film 6.9 if nice. you were, you're going that decimal? Sure. Okay. <laughs> 6.9 out of 10. Uh, Re, what about yourself?
3: Uh, I've just... I've re-watching this film today um has just reminded me how much i love it Mm. i think it's always uh it's always going to be one that i will enjoy watching and and get those nostalgic memories of um as well so i'm gonna give it a uh we're we're gonna go 10 out of 10 wow yeah we're gonna go 10 busted clocks
0: nice yeah, you were you were not growing up at all. No, You've shown no bigger. <laughs> yeah, and I I enjoyed it. It wasn't one of my like big favorites as a kid. I will say, yeah. like I I wasn't sitting there, um, like like uh, certain uh, wives of mine. I only have one. I don't know why I pluralized it, but like certain wives, like a certain wife of mine, as we were watching this, um, going like and ad break whenever the ad breaks were. Like I didn't have that burnt into my memory. <laughs> but it but it is really fun. It's a really fun, lovely um adventure into this strange, mystical, nonsensical land that that really focuses on these these characters and and their struggles with the idea of growing up. And it is a bit weird. In the same way that like The Last Unicorn is a film that's nominally for children, but is a story that is not for children. Like <laughs> it, it does deal with these issues. And I think it does them quite well. Um yeah There's something, there is something off about the film. I think there are a couple of issues. I do think it's not the the most tightly worked script that in existence, and I think that there could be some changes made there that maybe would improve this film. But but I really love it for its ambition. Like it really tried to be a big, colorful live action Peter Pan adventure, Mm. and I think it largely succeeds. So I'm going to give it. Seven rupees out of ten. Oh, <laughs> I just going to give it out of bangerangs and, and
1: constantly throughout the film. Just thinking of Skrillex, mm. bangerang. Bangarang. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so um, that brings us to the end of this episode. Rihanna and David, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of thank the Cinema Capture Club. Thank
1: you so much. Um, I hope everyone at home enjoyed some very bizarre analysis mm. of this film. Basically, I think th- it's all going to get cut out, the David. three different prongs <laughs> of... It's actually about adulthood, and coming to terms with that. It's actually about purgatory. And Space Jam 2 was highly derivative of
0: this film. Mm. <laughs> now, this little clip will definitely be in the episode. But all three of those things David said may not be, depending on how I feel when we do the edit. But you can hear any of our uh, precious offcuts from this film if you become a member of our patreon if you go to patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast we do have our patreon special episodes which are bonus features and goodies that are trimmed off from the main episodes and put together in a sort of fun um clip show miasma we haven't had one for a little while um it's my fault from being busy but i am going to edit together some clips we're going to have a few episodes coming out it's going to be good fun there will almost certainly be some weird hook conversation (laughs) in one of them. So if you want to get your hands on that, uh, please go to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast and join up for as little as a dollar a month. We're also on Facebook. Um, We can be found there by searching for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. You can get news, information, updates, vote on polls, that sort of thing. Share with your friends, share with your grandma that you've got weird sexual chemistry with. uh, Like... (laughs) Peter and Wendy in this film. Oh yes, <laughs> not his actual grandma, but I just love how freaked out he got when she started like feeling his shirt, and he's like, "Grandma." <laughs> uh, but yes, you can you can share it with anyone you like. Uh, just find us on Facebook, and we can be subscribed to iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, whatever you want to use. Just find us there, and uh, you'll get a new episode each and every week. But that's all for this week. So until next time. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.
1: Uh, terrible person to ask. Let's just pause. Yep. Elevator music. It's Scott McConnell! Hello! Hey!
3: Oh, big stretch, Finn. Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome guest
0: star, Scott McCartney. <laughs> i this big answer. Hello, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. We're just talking about the. Um, you've seen Hook, right? Sure, I've just had an apostrophe. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>